Hey there, buddy. Want to hear about the newest super twitchy first-person shooter where the comms are flooded with trash-talking 13-year-olds? Or how about the latest info on the Beg All Your Friends to Join Dickville game on Facebook? Is that what you want to hear? Then get the fuck out! This is the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast, where we talk about all things Battletech and McWarrior, and none of that other bullshit. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Guts No Galaxy Mechwar Podcast 35. My name is Phil and I'll be your host tonight. It is June 29th, 2012, and my shout out is going to go out to the Game of Thrones series on HBO. All I gotta say is freaking awesome. And uh, yeah, Darren? I agree. It's a great show. It was hard uh, watching the, the main dude die at the end of the uh, first season, but uh, definitely. A great cast of actors and. Spoiler. <laughs> if you haven't. <laughs> oh my god! It is way past cool. season one. Whoa! Whoa! Bro. Uh, this is Darren, aka Bombadil. My shoutouts today go to PGI and Acronym and everybody else making BattleTech and MechWarrior games. Thank you. Oh, I also want to add. Uh, uh, Brandon is absent today, but his uh, shoutout, as always, goes to. Uh, what's his friend's name? Belric. Belric and the uh, live studio audience. He has friends. All right, Greg, well, who do you guys I want to give a shout out to any of our fans who are also fans of Keith and the Girl. Excellent nice. podcast, www.ktj.com if you're not already involved. And cool. we have Alex co-hosting tonight. Welcome back, Alex. Thank you. Good to be back. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to the Daisy developer and to Just Tired for helping me get into work. Nice. And he actually got me into that game today. It is interesting. So give it a, I don't know, watch some YouTube videos, Daisy. But if it's one of those YouTube videos where you got a guy screaming at the top of the screen, just just go find another video. Bomber's doing the entire time. And of course, I'd like to say welcome to our live studio audience. A little small today, but that's okay. Um, we know we had to mix it up. I appreciate you guys being flexible. I had to go, well, I went and visited my family. I haven't seen them in around five months, and uh, I know my mother appreciated it, So, and my little sister and brother. So, apologies. And of course, to all of our new listeners out there, we've got actually quite a few. Appreciate you guys' support. Hope you enjoy tonight's show. That is an affirmative... 
All right, it's time for the No Guts, No Galaxy News, founded in 2011, reporting in 3049. And now for the news. Are you looking for more members for your MechWarrior unit, or do you just want to flaunt your greatness, like Phil does all the time? Uh, for your own unit sponsorship or recruitment ad, go to the donation page on our website at nogutsnogalaxy.net. Uh, make a unit sponsorship donation of $10, and your ad will be included in the following show. Hold on. You just said... What? The unit, unit sponsorship? What, what's up with that? I will explain more at the end of the news here. Okay. But thank you for noticing. Are you part of a unit participating in the upcoming MechWarrior Online, MechWarrior Living Legends, MechWarrior 4, Mega Mech, or any other Battletech-related type group? If so, reserve your spot on the No Guts, No Galaxy Outreach TeamSpeak 3 server today. Server information is located on our website. Once you're logged in, contact Phil, Alex, or myself, Bombadil, for assistance in getting you set up. International listeners, uh, this week... We have a new entry at the number five spot. It's Finland. So I'd like to say Terve Tuloa, Finland. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Uh, number four is Japan. That's down one spot from last week. Up one spot from last week is Canada at number three. And sticking at the same spots, uh, second place, Australia, and number one, Germany. This week's community spotlight is... Kilroy, also known as Ian. Um, Phil, again, you know a little bit more about Kilroy than I do, so I'm going to let you uh, take over on this. All right. Ian's actually a uh, student uh, down in Florida uh, in game design. He's had a particular game design school. And I've actually known him for, I would say, over a year, year and a half. And I've seen him progress in his 3D modeling um, throughout. And so First off, we, we, he does have a thread and a DeviantArt account, but it started over the MWL Merc site. It's in the art section. It's Killeroy's 3D Models. Um, we'll link it to our audience right now because one of our members is... There we go. Killeroy actually, uh, he does a lot of stuff. Now, aesthetically, is he the best out there? No. But where he's coming from, he's actually improved quite a bit. And I'm actually very, very interested to see where he's going to be in a year or two. Um, not only does he do the 3D models, I mean, he's doing everything from textures, the animation, um, and he actually creates videos, uh, you know, and he's trying to bring back, uh, you know, sort of that MechWarrior 2 sort of style. And that's what I really appreciate is he has that sort of look and that feel. And yes, he is learning as he goes, and that's a lot more than I can say than, you know, a lot of people out there. I mean, he's got talent. And so we wanted to recognize that because he does put in a lot of time and he is going somewhere and he's moving forward. And so you're saying that he's an up and comer and somebody to keep our eyes on. Yes, I would definitely say, I mean, he's doing a lot of his stuff in like Lightwave, which Lightwave from my understanding and knowledge is very, very useful when it comes to like creating video and stuff. And so he's able to go in there and create these scenes and these battles and whatnot. Obviously, yes, it's not perfect. I mean, you know, someone might be like, oh, it does, that's not realistic. I mean, really? You're going to critique? I mean, better than what of, uh, I do. Yeah, he's got a lot of potential and, uh, you know, what he's doing and what he's going for, he's achieving it. And so, you know, kudos to you, uh, Ian, out there. You know, so you wait a year, maybe two, when he's gone through some of these classes and, uh, you know, gotten even better. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to what he, he'll come out with. I mean, I maybe he'll be, really be cool. the uh, the next uh, flying debris. I, yeah, I mean, I would love to see um, a BattleTech 
uh, fan-made movie, and it's people like Ian with the drive and desire to create something like that to make it happen. So you know, they had these. Speaking of that, they had the that. It looked like it was going to happen—a BattleTech fan-made movie. It was CGI, I think, in Germany or something like that. I, but uh, yeah. I guess nothing ever happened with it. Yeah, Do I don't. Want... I don't know what happened to that project actually. It had some Do pretty good. Uh, what? I want to see people use the new um, Steam Movie Maker. It's just the uh, Steam Valve just released. Uh-huh. I think if there were something to make a movie about take stuff in that, that would be awesome. Yeah, something's got to happen. I mean, we we have the technology now to uh, be able to do these things. I've been seeing these uh, fan-made movies for Eve Online and various other games, and man, it is time for somebody to do a BattleTech one. Yeah, but it's really, it, it is hard, and so it would We take, have the technology. It would take a team or some individuals who have the desire to do it. I mean, and it doesn't have to be full-blown, all the way realistic. It can be, it can be stylistic. It can be, like, animated. It can use 3D elements. I mean, there's so many options out there. Even just a short movie doesn't have to be a full-length film. Yeah, it could, it could literally be almost like a comic strip where there's only, like, uh, I mean, hell, just a comic strip. That would be cool. I mean, there... There's a lot of things out there that, um, you know. so Ian, uh, I just wanted to end on this note. We, I appreciate, I know the rest of them, your hard work. Keep it up, dude. I mean, you know me, I always give you some criticisms, constructive as they are. And, uh, you know, I usually send him and give him tips here and there, but keep it up, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do in six months, a year. And, you know, hopefully when you graduate, boom, maybe I agree. Who knows? So if you have a community spotlight that you would like focused on in the show, then send your submissions to spotlight at nogutsnogalaxy.net, and uh, hopefully we'll get it up. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to highlight a couple of local tabletop games here that uh, a couple guys want more players for. First one is Mike. He also goes by the name Frantic Pride in Miami, Florida. The second one is Gustavo Barona. Uh, he runs a game at 6 p.m. at Adventure Game Store in Davie, Florida, the South Florida Broward County area. Um, I'll have their contact. I said this last week and I forgot to do it, but this week I promise I'll do it. I'll get their contact info up in the show notes uh, when this this episode goes live. You know, you know what we should do with that, Darren? Let's let's talk to Adam because I'm sure there's some features we can use with WordPress that can that would get be these awesome. things up on the website. Boom, yep. enter it, and we're off. Yep. So, if you're looking for a tabletop area and you're in the Florida area, you are lucky. Tabletop area. Have you started the drinking game without us? Every show is a drinking show. <laughs> I've just started editing already. <laughs> I know. You're welcome. Are you playing a tabletop game in your area and looking for more players, or do you want to? Uh, if so, we'd love to announce it for you for free. Email us at localgames at nogutsnogalaxy.net with your info, and don't forget to send us your pictures or it didn't happen. Funding for this podcast is brought to you by you. This is a listener-supported podcast, and your donations keep us on the air and pay for such things as hosting TeamSpeak 3 equipment, software, prizes, and other projects. Check out our new, as uh, Phil was previously discussing, donations page, which includes recurring donations, unit sponsorships, George Ledoux recorded messages and ads, and now, finally... The NGNG Warhammer t-shirts are available for a $40 donation. Why $40? Because this is a limited time collector's edition t-shirt and the profits go towards uh, the next shirt in the series, which will be the Marauder, followed by the Archer and the Rifleman. 
So reserve yours today. It's available now. Yeah, some spoilers. The uh, archer is already looking amazing. I've already seen it. It's it's progressing. So, Anthony, keep up the good work. Hell yeah. I want one of each. And that is the news. Phil? All right, all right guys. Book of the Month discussion. We were going to be talking about Warrior on Guard today by Michael A. Stackpole. But because we're missing uh, Brandon and... Um, our new co-host George Ledoux. Uh, we're actually going to hold off till next week. Now, next week also is Fourth of July for all of you U.S. people out there. Um, so Fourth of July is going to be pretty busy for most people. Most people will probably be lighting fireworks and fireworks and hamburgers, drinking beer, probably at the same time or therefore somewhere around there. Anyway, so we're actually going to postpone next recording till thursday and obviously it's because all the drunken fun will be happening so hell yeah and now mech the week lock and load it's not just filler it's all killer and now this week's mech of the week this was up to you guys to vote. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, but I don't really know if there was any other. Was there was no really. As soon as I saw one person place. vote for it, I was just like, "Oh yeah." So, this is Scorpion second place. Yeah, I'm a, the Scorpion. I'm a happy mech. Yeah, you know, I was going to pick Scorpion just to uh, satisfy Boo, but when I saw so many votes for this mech, I had to go with it, and you know why? It's my favorite mech. It is an iconic battle mech the warhammer and specifically we're going to be talking today about the whm-6r warhammer prime now what else is there to say it's probably i would say the i would say it's either the first and or second most iconic battle mech obviously battle timberwolf mech. is your the other one right well, I would say for Mech Warrior, the Timberwolf is the most iconic. For Battletech, I would say the Warhammer is the most iconic. Now, there's multiple reasons for this, but um, one of the big reasons why it's so iconic is because it was actually um, the Mech Warrior used for the original cover of the Battletech box set. Ah, uh, see, I I just missed the original Battletech box set thing. So I did not make that connection. Yeah, I mean, there's yes. there's other reasons. It's it's a super popular mech, but that was like the one that that, that was kind of the first one that everybody saw, including myself, back mm. in the mid '80s. It is one of those unseen mechs as well. Uh, some obviously specifics. It is a heavy battle mech, it's seventy tons, goes a fast and furious sixty four point eight kilometers an hour. Now this particular the six R or as Darren calls it the prime, even though it's not the prime, it's just a particular variant. The most common uh, variant uh, rocks two PPCs, an SRM 6, two medium lasers, two small lasers, and two heavy anti infantry machine guns. And I will throw on another blaring sunlight showing spotlight. That's one thing you didn't have on there. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, because they actually use it in a few of the novels. It's actually pretty cool. But um, So as far as Battletech is concerned in the tabletop, we have used this uh, mech quite often. Uh, Darren always, if he gets to choose his perfect lance, this is leading the charge. I love it. Um, you can't really go wrong with it. It does have, I would say, 
the strength is just the firepower. The weakness is the armor. It's sort of low, and I would say the heat. Um, you're throwing the PPCs around left and right. You sort of have to pick and choose a PPC here, medium laser, you know, this, that. So you sort of have to mix it up, per se. I agree. Um, I mean, I've used this mech in everything. I've used it in Mega Mech. I've used it in MechWarrior Living Legends. And it will pretty much always be, if I have any choice of any mech that I can have, I'll pick the Warhammer first and then start filling out my ideal lance. Um, but I've always loved it. You know, you, you've pointed out before that I like to just uh, kind of charge in and start blasting away at people. Um, this mech is a great mech for doing that. Uh, it's got a lot of firepower, a lot of uh, an assortment of firepower. Um, you definitely have to watch yourself because you'll overheat. But some interesting facts about the Warhammer. Um, the Thug was later desi designed as a replacement for the Warhammer. I'm not really that. into Thug myself, but uh, yeah, I don't think it needed to be replaced. Um, some notable pilots. Uh, most uh, notable, I would definitely say, is Natasha Kerensky. She piloted a jet black Warhammer while st still serving with the Wolf's Dragoons. And I would say that's probably one of the most famous uh, versions. Another uh, famous uh, pilot is Esmeralda. Uh, she piloted her own Warhammer during uh, her time in the Solaris City Championship of 3054 and continued to pilot after she joined Captain Jeremiah Rose and his mercenary unit, the Blackthorns. So already two women dominating the uh, Warhammer there. Also, a Warrior Hammer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And then finally, a third uh, notable pilot is Hassan Ali Khaled, uh, an early recruit and later company commander of the Grey Death Legion. Uh, he used his Warhammer throughout his career. Yeah, he was pretty much deadly in anything he put him in, though. He put him in a stinger. He was like in a thwart you. But, I mean, aesthetically, let's let's get down to it. It's an it's fucking badass. It's 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 a iconic looking battle mech. Also, for all of you old guys, you'd be like, wow, you know, you already know the story, the whole Unseen, Robotech, Macross, it is one of those that is shared. If it did have to be redesigned, um, I don't think it would be a problem. I think just like with the artists out there, as far as FD, Shimmering Sword, um, even uh, Short Painter, uh, Rudy, I think it could use an up-to-date sort of look at least uh, i would say more mechanical there was there was some uh issues if you just look at the regular artwork but uh it's it's iconic i mean i don't really there's not much really... more to say it's it's a badass looking mech um you know for the most part everybody knows what a warhammer is uh that's familiar with the battletech universe and uh, yeah i mean i'm i'm super happy we finally got to cover it and, you know, and just in time for the announcement of the uh, T-shirts going on sale. Uh, so, yes. All right, guys, we're going to be moving on to community questions this week. And we actually have quite a few. And the first one is Arden Swartek. No way. Yep, it's him again. And he says, when was your last tabletop game? Mine is pushing six years. Wow, that's actually a loaded question because does... Mega Mech count as tabletop? I guess it doesn't, does it? No. Is wow, it any then... tabletop game, or does it have to be Battletech? It's a tabletop game simulator. Battletech. Let's say Battletech specifically. I have mm. never played it. Oh. I have, and it is glorious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it really is so much fun. Um, mostly me and two friends from high school, we each had our own 
miniature collections and would constantly pit our units against one another. And it so was, was the last time hours of fun. Ah, uh, it'd have to be like three or four years ago. Darren? Uh, with Jack Daniels about two years ago. I'm going to throw out a number that probably is a little bit bigger than all of you combined. I would say it's been about uh, 15, 14 years. See, that's, that's just sad. That's well, no. Than ever. Well, the, the main reason is, is I had the tabletop um, as a teenager, and I played all the time when I was a teenager. But then when I moved here and to North Carolina, I couldn't find anybody who played it. And then I joined the Marines, and I was off. And there's really, I don't really know anybody who plays around here. So where I would say, in my defense, we played Mega Mech. And last time we played Mega Mech was only, what, like, say, two, three months ago? I mean... Well, when I was saying that that's sad, I was referring to all of us. We need to be somehow, uh, somebody needs to strike it rich and then pay for us all to uh, play the game together. I think I need to do like a poll to see all the people that live in the Raleigh area, North Carolina, and do like a little, you know. So you heard it here first, everybody that's in the Raleigh area, uh, Phil wants you to see his poll, something like that. Something like that. So, yeah, um, the next question is Corsair. And he says, as an international listener, where do you get your international statistics? Do you include downloads from the website, iTunes, or other places? Or just who are in the live audience? Just curious. Actually, yes. Yeah, basically, it's just based off of server stats. Um, Our server can directly tell where everybody's coming from. And uh, that's really all. I don't have any detailed information like how many people from those areas are uh, coming or whatever. I just can see the percentage. uh, It's usually about 20 different countries that I'm able to see, and so I just pick the top five. Gotta say, guys in Denmark, any Denmark listeners right now? Not seeing the anti-Chancellor Liao uh, chatter is a very positive development for you. You don't want to look on that. But uh, you know Darren's right. We don't have any inside information on you or you know, no. conspirators are. I was hanging out with uh, some of the first BBR guys last night, and one of them asked me, "Hey, you know, what does ACE stand for?" And uh, you know, I told him, you know, what it you know stood for. And before I could even open my mouth, one of the members said, <laughs> "All Capellans eat shit," and I it was dude, it was <laughs> it was funny. And then one of them said, "All cleaners eat shit," blah blah. blah. And so I was like. Well, there it's already started, so that is not official, and I do not condone such sayings, but it was funny. Works for me. Alright, our next question is Stingray, and says, George Ledoux has been a great addition to the crew, but I think us MechWar and Battletech fans need to break him into some Battletech lore. I will donate another $20 to NDD for George Ledoux to read The Decision at Thunder Rift by William Keith, who is with me. Now, I will say... You don't need to donate unless you'd just like to. Um, Funny that that's brought up, though, isn't it? Yeah, I already, I, I, George will be hooked up when he um, gets back. So yeah, basically, he's AFK at the moment, but uh, Phil is sending him his BattleTech book collection. Yes, I'm taking care of George, so he will get read up. So. Hopefully, I think I think that pretty much answers it. Now, the next guy, I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Actually, no, I'm not. Don't even make me try and do that one. Yeah. Let's just, anybody... It's K-E-I-S-U-K-E-K-U-N. Uh, 
Yeah, that name. And he says, have you considered playing around a round of Mac online or between hosts live during a podcast? What about playing MWL live? Uh, we've thought about that. Um, I think there was only... A, yeah, I, I'll be too involved with the game to even look at our uh, our script, per se, following like, what we're supposed to. But we have thought about it. It's just really difficult. Um, the, you know, Mega Mac is something that we totally want to incorporate, whether it's you know playing a live show. Maybe that would be something special on the side. It wouldn't replace the regular podcast. Or also doing some kind of Mega Mac campaign, tournament, etc., uh, with our listeners or whatever we're we're thinking about it we're working on it um we got a lot to do that are coming out of discussion um are actually um with us wanting to move towards more interaction with you guys the listeners and possibly even moving to a uh, video cast or being able to start doing video casts um we we are talking about doing stuff like that so that's whether us doing uh reviews while we're playing and it's live and blah 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 just just know that we're trying it's just it's one of those things where it's a it's an ongoing process and i would have never thought when we started this october 31st of last year that would be where we are right now and moving forward so uh just keep keep hounding us about it and hopefully something will come out no i gotta reiterate on that for one second i mean i've been doing podcasting for a long time in eve and the amount of love and support and enthusiasm the battletech community has shown for this podcast it's just incredible that we've come so far, grown so far, and we we uh, we just we have so much content. It's getting out in so many new ways. We're able to expand the production so much. Uh, it's just unbelievable that it's been less than a year, and we're already where we're at. So thank you so much, guys. I second that. And the next question is Carrick, and he says, "I wanted to know how." NGNG got started. How you all came together to make NGNG and what is what it is today and where you all want to go with it. <laughs> Following uh, Greg's uh, little statement, yeah. Um, basically, it started when uh, we heard about the possibility of MWO coming out and then Phil and I were just talking and, I mean, really, it, we had no idea what we were getting into. <laughs> Well, uh, initially it started off actually not even as a podcast. Initially, it was going to be it was not going to be a game made by you and Phil. Uh, we'll yeah, the rest of us into it, and that's where the NGNG name came from. Oh man, it's it's been an interesting thing. Uh, no Guts New Galaxy was actually did I did I? You wish I did. You did, didn't you? You can squabble over who invented it later. No, I, I get <laughs> I didn't. I don't remember who who got the name. But one of the things we, uh, when we started this, and if you listen to some of the first ones, they are quite lengthy. But man, some of the like, we get into discussion and what ifs. Yeah, I mean, it just very um, painful to listen to now for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, where I found these guys, uh, Darren was on the side of the road. I mean, you know, but uh, no, for real. <laughs> I was showing just enough leg to get him to pick me up. Darren actually, uh, I recruited Darren while playing MWLL for our Clan Wolf and Exile. And, you know, um, Alex I'd known and Greg I'd known through Eve. And, uh, you know, it just so happened that I'd done a few. You know, I remember Greg was like, hey, you know, Felon, you want to do a podcast? And I was like, and I remember uh, when, um, when you started off WIE. Um, you bored us all to death on a pos mission, pos up with 
the whole story about battle tech. I did not. Know. I was <laughs> under orders from our CEO to talk about battle tech, <laughs> and if you didn't like it, he told you to go fuck off. I think that's what his guy was right, Greg. The bottom line is, uh, this was just started off with a group of friends who liked talking about this shit anyway, and thought, well, maybe somebody else will want to hear us talk about it, and here we are. And as far as future, one of the things we're working towards is doing it so we can do this on a daily basis. I mean, really, that's what we're trying to go towards. It, it's going to take a lot of work from us, and it's going to take a lot of support from you guys, the community. But that's what we want to go to. And as far as what we want to do, we want to go as far as news coverage of all the games, whether that's MWO, MWLL, stuff that's going on in the community, uh, live broadcast, video cast. Um, and if it got to the point, I mean, I even joked, joked around with Darren, but if we were able to get enough support from the community, get his ass moved out here, and us actually have like a little studio, who knows? It's out there. Uh, whether that goal or dream can happen, it's really up to us how much time and effort we put into it, and really up to you guys whether it's uh, the desires there. So. And it always has been a dream of mine to live closer to you, Phil. Oh, you know. I, I want to move away from this Lake Tahoe area and and move out to wherever the fuck you are. Glad yes. Like Pond between us. Oh yeah, that that'll be the podcast in the tub. <laughs> I do not appreciate those extra bubbles now. Tiny bubbles. Alright, moving on to MechWare Online. We've actually got quite a bit of stuff to talk about. Obviously, we've got Screenshot 8 that was released. Now, Screenshot 8, I think, is... It's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Um, I mean, that mech is going down, isn't he? It's an Atlas, that's for sure, and it's not looking... Looks like he's going to do a face plant there. Yeah. Um, so obviously we see the the weapons group, the the guys in a hunchback, the 4P. Uh, looks like he's rocking six medium lasers and a small laser. He's got him grouped in two different groups. Looks like he's got the arm weapons mounted in group two, and the rest in group one. So it looks like he's using the two, maybe just to fire, 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 and then alpha when he can. Um, not a whole lot of other info, really. Uh, you do see enemy destroyed 50 XP, component destroyed 15 XP, so you can already see how they'll be tying that into the XP system. Um, I love the explosion. Of the comp- mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's component destroyed, or is it ammo? I don't know, no. but that's a lot of shit trailing off there. It, uh, who knows? Uh, you know what, to be honest... I'd love to like see the the cockpit display like or like head display split open, even if it was just aesthetic. And all of a sudden, like a you see this mech wire just poof, you know out. I think that would be hilarious crap. <laughs> see the whites of his eyes. And when you didn't see the eject, you knew you just because you know you cockpit. You know that would be that would be awesome. But I don't know if we'll see that or not. So it would be awesome as if like the debris from him blown up hit your cockpit and you know bounced off the cockpit class and stuff like that would be awesome yeah. so that, that was screenshot 8 uh, we also have dev answers 8 and we'll just talk about this briefly there's a few questions now the first question is is PGI aware that the cannon laser firing mode is a burst of light over a fraction of a second as opposed to what we see in many of the videos a beam lasting up to 2 seconds long so Phil we've had a lot of uh, discussion about the whole laser thing now, I don't know if it's just me, but just this question being asked irritated me. Um, Why? 
because I just get sick and tired of the whole everything's got to fucking be canon. It can't be, so leave it alone. That's well, that's where I was coming I from. I don't think he is saying that. I mean, it's a question. He's allowed to ask a question. Here, here's the way I heard if it. You would have said is PTI aware that the cannon laser firing mode? Yeah, I mean, it just... <laughs> you're inserting your... I mean, yeah, you have that attitude. But what I'm saying is... It's, hold on, hold on. You're inserting what? Not how he was. <laughs> exactly. I just... It, it's. This is a fucking video game. This is not the tabletop. It can't be the same. People get over it. You saw, in, you in saw lasers in video? Seven, it was clearly in an Atlas 7K, but in Screenshot 8, <laughs> it's an 8D. Also, that's not necessarily true, because in the books, there's examples where it doesn't seem like it's over a fraction of a second, where the laser trails across the chest of a mech, and, and molten metal is dripping down, etc. So, you can... I, I don't know. I'm just sick and tired of these questions. I think and... what it comes down to is their vision, and that could be aesthetically... And also, as their their answer is, it's a balancing mechanic. Um, they have it for different laser types, different ballistic weapons. Uh, so, aesthetically, it's what they were going for. If it doesn't fit the same thing, that guess what? If it doesn't look like Mech 4 or Mech 3 or any of the other Mech games, that's because it's a different Mech game. I mean, look at um, lasers in Mech Warrior 2. They're the description of what he's talking about. But yet, if you go to some of the other ones, it has sort of that beam mechanic. I mean, and people get into the whole discussion, well, this is how real lasers work. You don't see the Star Wars and Star Trek and blah, blah, compares. Look. Exactly. You know. It'd be boring if, it'd be boring if you didn't see anything when you fired your lasers. It'd be like, are they, are they working? Will I hit them again? What am I doing? Yeah. Uh, how I it was really described. Loved... How it was just... described. Shush, shush. <laughs> How it was described in the novels is, yes, lasers are invisible. But, so you knew what was going on. The computer, yes, it even said the computer system would make that, um, I guess, like, make the lasers appear. Now, it didn't get into color coordination, all that. But you could see them. The mech warriors could see them. Obviously, that would be really important, knowing who the hell is shooting at you. Um so it was all based on the computer so as far as how they fire or what they look like you know I don't think it's a big issue um, if you go back and you look at when Phelan Kell first gets in the kit box and he's taken it out and gets introduced to the pulse laser there's a really good um, description of normal lasers and then how the pulse laser is different from the and what I see in NWO is the developers read that passage because the pulse laser is exactly what it should be compared to what the actual laser is. And frankly, I love that the lasers trail across. Not only is it visually awesome, closer to the canon of the books, but it, it, it's a, a skill-based thing. Like, you can hit a lot harder if you're good at hovering your reticle over the target and concentrating your aim and if you're less skilled your damage is all over the place so it's a good way to promote without screwing with balance or making rich player items or anything like that gives a way for good players to get good and be better than lesser skilled players without really unbalancing the game everyone's got a fair shot but if you can execute with lasers better you have the advantage 
And a good example of that is uh, from one end of the spectrum to the other is Phil versus me. Uh, he's amazing at just fucking holding his reticle right over a target and for the entire beam, it's just, it's like pinpoint accuracy. And then me, I'm just like flailing all over the place and you see laser, it's like a laser light show at some concert. As, um, as I was told, it's nothing but age, man. Give me 20 years, <laughs> I won't be able to hold anything on target of anything, so. No, but it's true. And the types of weapons I like better tend to be like things that lock on or that shoot where you're pointing right when you shoot it, you know, like um, that tends to be what I like better. and. I'm not pissed that the lasers aren't my best weapon, although I'm getting, you know, I've gotten better at them with, uh, you know, MechWarrior Living Legends and so forth. Um, but it's just, it, it's good that there's different types of weapons that have different types of play style, and it's it's all just about balance and making the all game right. better. I could bring us back on focus. But so. I just want to really quickly say, Cage, if I misinterpreted your, your question, I'm sorry, but I am just getting so sick and tired of the why isn't it like this questions. Make your own fucking game. I, ho- I hope you get a hate <laughs> cookie on your porch, you old grumpy bastard. All right, the next question was, will LRMs fire duds at short range or otherwise be hard to use without lock-on? Short answer, yes. Basically, they you know they already do um that's what garth said if fired at very close range they just simply bounce off or they hit you know never explode blah blah blah. and he says it looks really cool when it hits the cockpit very very simple basically in the the tabletop and mech war in general the guidance systems had to be you know that the missiles had to travel between x period you know x position x position before they armed usually it was like 100 meters um so that's just quick and dirty so, Ooh, one shirt already ordered. You gotta reserve yours now. They're gonna be gone. Yes, yes. So, will that will that rock next then? If that's hit, um, like says, no cockpit shake, like the didn't end up yellow. Um, I don't know. I says it just looks really cool. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to maybe uh, get more confirmation later. Uh, what is being done to combat issues when mechs become obsolete? For example, in World of Tanks, uh, the World of Tank example, where you have one uh, a rank one to ten tanks, but really only ranks eight to ten are played, and lower tanks are just seen as fodder. Now, before I even read the answer, I already can give you an answer. The awesome thing about BattleTech is even if you run around with a stinger with one medium laser, oh god! And prime example, um, last time we played Mega Mech. Uh, Alex, you were in your hunchback. You had one locust, right? Run like, I don't know, 20 uh, hexes, got right behind you and fired one laser. Maybe it was me, or no, it was definitely you or something. One medium laser shot, and just so happened to get a lucky hit, hit your right torso, went all the way through, destroyed your AC-20. You were pretty much... Oh! Just one shot. Just... That's and that one how. stroke, it took out our entire unit because that was the only effective weapon we had. No, we won. It was just a, it was a slugfest afterwards. So that's how it was in his head. No, yeah. no, I'm sorry. Who got all the kills? You were, you were useless <laughs> without me. Yeah, it was useless. That's what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. So you throw one in BattleTech, and what looks like to be their game is it doesn't matter if you're in that stinger with one medium laser. Be dumb enough. To concentrate on his big brother and forget where he's at. Next thing you know, your rear armor is melting. And then what happens? You react to your rear arm getting hit. And next thing you know, his big brother's pounding you. Imagine, I cannot wait to play 
be able to use that sort of tactics to just melt people. I mean, it's a that's what it's all about, right? Is eliminating your enemy as quickly as possible and efficiently as possible. You know, so Sir, yes, sir. And Whoa. they said that's the response is flight mechs pose just as much risk to an atlas as hunchbacks do, as catapults do. He says anytime, you know, you ignore that um I, and they've even stated that was it like two genders against an atlas? <laughs> Sorry for the atlas. You know, what, and if if they succeed at this, and I think they will, this is going to be a game changer for MechWarrior games to where the lights can be so effective. And it's just I can't wait to see this in action. Now that being said, with any game, if you have an experienced tight-knit crew that takes out the heavy guns in anything, yes, a very organized, very skilled group can probably, you know, fend off anything. But it's going to be a freaking pain in the ass, so... If a location is damaged to the point of wrecked, will heat sinks located there be destroyed as well as weapons? Yep. That's basically the short derp of it. Before you put your ammunition, items, weapons is often just as important. Now, how do you guys feel about, uh, and I guess this is going to be a sidetrack, if you're rocking a mech, and you're able to put ammo in its legs, but yet, you know, weapons up in its arms. Do you guys see a problem with that? No. And no more than putting it in the a torso, you know? How does the ammo get transferred? Yeah, I mean, that's it takes away a little bit of the realism, um, because, like, how are you loading shoulder uh, missile racks from ammo in your legs? But uh, I, I understand why they're doing it, and I can kind of just ignore that you know obvious kind of weirdness about it and, and enjoy well, the game that's the tabletop i mean that's that's just how it is but that begs the question i mean uh, i think one of our viewers says kind of cheesy but it's legal yeah i mean i've you just ignore it i mean it yeah it, it's the way it has to be um and i kind of understand it, I mean, it, if you really <laughs> sit and think about it, I mean, it's you know, it would be really weird to have. And then uh, you'd have all these belt chain, you know, views yeah. of ammo, and then people are like, oh my god, that looks horrible. Look. And the more moving components you have, the more breakdowns there would be, where you'd have ammo jams, and sh you know, like it. You're gonna have those AC rounds travel through a hip actuator. <laughs> Dude, show me how. Like exactly. Uh yeah, but it, it is what it. That's part of the. That's part of BattleTech. That's what makes it unique. Uh, um, but begs the question is if they did change that to, you know possibly where you only were allowed to have like you know heat sinks or you know stuff like that I wonder how many people would cry foul and cry wolf you know but anyways we'll move on um, they said will there be a ghost view or ability to watch the game through other players cockpits if you die in a match or will you be stuck watching a blank screen until the game is over responses currently when you dead when you're dead you can watch through your teammates eyes but you are limited to that. You can't say use a free cam. We find this to be the best balance of still being involved in the match, but not allowing cheating to occur. Now I like this because yeah, it seems to make sense. You, you I'm, don't. I'm very you happy you don't it's want... not third person because that would have been. Yeah, you it don't just... want information to be given. You know, I exactly. mean, you're already going to have a little bit of ghosting information going on because even cockpit view, um, you can't always pay attention to everything. So if you have somebody saying, hey, right when you're done with this target that you're engaging, switch to the target to your right or whatever, 
Um, but at least since it's not third person, there's not like, oh, there's somebody standing right behind you or whatever. Well, the, the only negative thing I will say is that it's still going to be abused. Now, you're going to say, Phil, what, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's no really way around it. I agree. I like it, though. But my description is, have you guys ever watched those videos where, like, as people moving a basketball around and then next thing you know, the little monkey walks out and then they rewind it. Did you see the monkey? And most of the people say, nope, right, I never right. saw that. Well, that's what happens in a lot of first-person shooters, right? You get so fixated, so fixated on what's going on. Now throw it into Battletech, you know, your, your mech engagement's going on, you know, you're, you're, oh my god, your armor, you're going up against Atlas, whatever. You don't notice the Jenner, but because you had your teammates watching, they saw the Jenner. And so, you, you see what I mean? That's the only... That's what I was saying at the beginning, basically, is just having somebody be your third eye or whatever... Um, I get tunnel vision, and it's you know, it's winning is often about uh, knowing what's around you, knowing your surroundings, knowing what what do you call that, Phil? The, the well, no, but uh, anyway, situational awareness. Thank you. That's the word. Yes, yeah, situational awareness often wins a match, and so uh, I often world of tanks, all the games I play, I can get tunnel vision. I see a target, pisses me off, whatever the reason. I just want to kill that person, and I stop my. Uh, situational awareness goes down and so we need to get you introduced to UFC and like get you do you got some anger issues you know? <laughs> I'm really concerned about you I've re- I really am come on no, nobody's ever in a FPS pissed you off and where you just want to kill them I mean, and you don't care no, honestly, wait you no, do that no, with no, me no. all the time in fact Battlefield. you always Battlefield. kill me I'm just Play saying like um, I think I think you're better it off is. you know taking those feelings and internalizing them just you know, keep them, keep <laughs> keep them bottled up out of mind, you know, until you're all right. with Phil and then he can help you boom alright next question because the reboot will Sexually. new mech designs yes <laughs> will new mech designs <laughs> be produced for MWO as it moves forward now I do like the response he says I think every mech fan has created their own mech and we'd love to do that but that being said, a lot of mechs, you know, out are, are in BattleTech are out there already, and we can use those first. So. I would so rather them cover all the mechs that exist in the game already because I want to see their, you know, their, well, basically flying debris version of it. And uh, there's just a ton of great mechs, and and what I've already seen is mechs that I previously haven't given a shit about. I'm all of a sudden caring about because they're in this game and they look awesome, and you know, so I let's let's go through the. Battletech, MechWarrior, mechs that already exist first. I concur. What is the average land speed velocity of an unladen Atlas combined or Lyran? Anyways, basically, that was the question and answers of eight. Some pretty good info. Um, there's also a dev diary video to check out if you didn't. It has uh, Russ um, talking about the pillars. Um, and we can link that up, okay? Um, and it talks about the pillars. Now, we've already talked about it, uh, or we've heard them talk about it, so really it's nothing new per se, um, but it's a good, I don't know, it's a good watch. I mean, watch it. Maybe you'll get a few things out of it. Uh, we've got the desktop wallpaper 4 came out. This is actually really cool. It has the outlets with sort of uh, stylistic flames, whatever. Something cool, something different. Um, and then we've got the... Now, I want to say conspiracy theory, at least that's what some of them say, but there's a PC Gamer video of the map of Frozen City and an interview with Russ. Um, 
and basically it talks about the history behind the city and there's a first look and whatever my I would say I don't know if anybody else really noticed it but basically there was a video released on some foreign website of a beta player playing the beta and then you know basically having a match in uh, Frozen City and just so it happens, I don't, you know, I'm just throwing this out there that they released the history behind an interview and stuff like that. Anybody else feel like this well, what was do a you... cover up mm. for released info? And they were like, oh, well, it's already out there. No need to. Anybody else? No? Yeah, I mean, I could I see it being that. If it was, what's the consequence? No. The, just that it wasn't released on the schedule that they're marketing team had planned or whatever but yeah i don't foresee any long-term consequence if that's the situation well that beta player probably isn't playing anymore but (laughs) yeah (laughs) consequence for him you know so i mean or her yeah but it teaches own. anyways give it a good watch um you know some insight behind basically and read the interview with russ of what they're trying to accomplish with, with each map. Uh, map. It isn't like they're just throwing out, oh, let's do a frozen, you know, landscape. There's actually, you know, they're, they're planning a, not necessarily a story, but a reason for you to be there, a reason for you to use mechanics as part of the gameplay and utilize those. All right, so definitely a cool watch. Um, make sure you check it out. Screenshot number nine. Um, shows a picture of a uh, hunchback overlooking some frozen city landscape. And it looks to me like he's fired around and all you see is this glare from the, you know, muzzle, uh, you know, the bore and the explosion. Um, what are what you is he shooting thoughts? at? Is he shooting at the people in the building? I don't know. Are there people in the building? I mean, it's a, it doesn't look like that anybody's can't zoom in for a while. I don't know. It was. It's different. Uh, it gives us a good, little bit more look on the inside of Frozen City, what it looks like. Obviously, check out the interview with Russ. It's actually pretty long. Um, you know, talks about basically if everything we've talked about so far. Um, but for those who are trying to catch up, there's some, uh, you know, a little bit more um, important details. Like he gets into the inner sphere and, you know, what sort of setting the Sphere is and the concept behind role warfare and um, you know sort of that info so stuff we don't want to sit here and talk about and beat a dead horse because we've talked about it in length but speaking of beating what are you doing there in the background that's my <laughs> dog it's my dog, dog drinking water but it sounds really fucking dodgy it gives my <laughs> dude we're not that kind of show man <laughs> Don't judge me. The weekly review talks about basically all the stuff we just talked about. And Ross announced that there's 500 founders members would be getting beta invites. And there's also, uh, you can read into that. And basically, it's not legendary. It's not elite. It's not veteran. It's just founders. And I have to agree with that. That would be pretty, I'll say it, be pretty douchebaggery if they were like only legendary are going to get it like uh what the hell so of course they're not pulling that douchebaggery and i think that's ex- explicitly why russ went into the explaining why they aren't going to do that so thank you pgi for not being douchebags about that um yeah why should the lesser people get it i don't understand you know i i will voice that i'm still a little bit disappointed i feel like veterans package 
yeah, it's 30 bucks. I feel like they should 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 have got a mech. You know, 30 bucks. Maybe Elite should have got two, and then the the Legendary should have got all four. Cause you know you're supporting, but I'm supporting. I'm not good enough to get a mech. I mean, uh, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. That'd be my only my fickle thing with it. But, I yeah. am uh, surprised how many people are buying. I mean, I I mean I knew that there would be a, a large number, but uh, when you get on the forums and you see exactly how many are. Legendary, and that seems to be the biggest one by far. Uh, and it's cool. not even over. Yeah, I know. it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And the forums are up to 170,000 plus people. And it's supposed to be even more from what I was told. Those are Man, we need like 100,000 of those people to start listening to the show. Yes, yeah, spread the word. All right, guys, we're going to be moving on to MechWord Tactics. Now, there was a tweet chat transcript that went up, and... Uh, yeah, pretty lengthy. Um, obviously, it's a little bit too long for us to go over, but I like a lot of the information that was posted. Um, give it a give it a read. It's on their. Um, if you go to the website, it's under the general discussion, and it's June twentieth, two thousand twelve, tweet chat transcript. It gives you a lot of info and feedback. Obviously, there's questions that the uh, you know members could ask, and they got their answers. And you know what's really cool about this. Not only is Piranha, you know, doing it, but now you've got Acronym Games doing it, and how open they are. I mean, there's not. I mean, gaming has totally changed the game development. You know, I mean that like they're asking, asking the members of the community questions. What do you want to see? Why do you want to see it? Why do you want this in the game? Why wouldn't you want this game? And then on top of that, shortly after this. There was a huge site update. Wow. Uh, with this, they also, there's like this beta key entry system. You see an online store. There's like bronze, silver, gold, platinum. And I mean, there's a ton of options that obviously wasn't there beforehand. Um, it looks to be like they're doing the sort of card setup. Um, I would almost say, does this look like uh, the the Mass Effect Three, the you know the multiplayer thing, you know, where you can pick a, a deck or whatever? Very, and, very, you know, I mean, that's the same like principle, it. right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, let's see. And then we've got the developer progress update, and basically it breaks it down into saying that they're you know, they're full steam ahead. They've got a lot of feedback from the fans and whatnot, whatnot, but they're basically getting to a point to where they can get to the beta. I mean, that's really what I read out of that. And with all the information being posted on the website, that's where we're probably headed to. There's a few other threads to check out. Um, there's a great post by uh, Mater, and it's titled Things We Know So Far. Uh, a lot of info about MechWord Tactics and stuff that's already out there. There's also a Pixelcast 62 interview with the guys at MechWord Tactics. Talks over about a lot of stuff. Different variants, uh, the same weapon manufacturer, different uh, properties given to different weapons under special conditions, AI practice to learn and stuff like that. So you'll be able to go in there and practice with your friends so you don't just have to jump in a match and sort of get swamped by the sharks so i thought that was really cool indeed Obviously, we've got the 3d turnaround of the jenner as well which i love these things i think uh they i know that's a cool option it's it's 
you know, aesthetically, like I said, it doesn't fit anything to do with original TRL artwork. And that's fine. They've made their own statement of like what these mechs will look like and stuff like that. So, uh, but the Jenner, that being said, it looks like a Jenner. I mean, that thing looks evil, you know? So they've got the glass cockpit and all that fun stuff you can look at. And anyways, I think it's cool. It's definitely a cool look. And they said news on closed beta in the next few weeks. So, you know, as soon as you guys know, hopefully we'll know. They sent out emails about it. So if you if you haven't registered, go register. Be interactive in the community. Um, they're literally asking for your, you know, your input. So uh, specifically from the devs. Now, moving on to MechWarrior Living Legends, I will say we'll be sitting down with King Lear William next week on the show. And he's got some important news and updates for you guys, the community, and for everyone who plays MWLL. And for those who don't play MWLL, go check it out. Great mod. Fun to basically hop in there. You get to play mechs, you get to play tanks, you get to play arrow. Even those pesky and annoying battle armor. So if you haven't gave it a uh, you know, go, check it out. Amazing game. It's amazing to see what they've, they've done. Totally agree. MechWare Tactical Command, some updates... I've been in talks with Edmund, and Edmund, if you are listening, thanks for uh, all the, the info. We will be, how should we say this, presenting to you guys more info, hopefully on a more steady basis, uh, beginning hopefully next week, possibly. So stay tuned for MechWork Tactical Command. For those who don't know, it's the iOS game in development for the tablet and yes it can still even be played on the iphone even though they've said the tablet is the preferred device so keep that in mind we've also got solaris assault tech um, mech tech is obviously busy behind the scenes um, they've been super awesome supporting us i send uh, emails to james all the time and uh, they get us uh, posted up on their website whenever we have a new uh, podcast so Go over there, check out. Um, I know they release info when they can, but I think they're quite busy behind the scenes, so obviously that's why we uh, we haven't heard a whole lot. Because of the t-shirts going live, in the next week I will be getting all of the NGNG Art and Fiction Contest 2 info live on our website, allowing you guys, the community, to vote. I will say the art, uh, I, I can't even spoil it. You guys will have to check it out. I already know who the winner is because there's one that just stands out. The fiction contest, there it's going to be hard because it'll be up to you guys to, to vote on that. Um, so anyways, the we'll have other prizes, obviously, the shirts. So I just wanted to get that out there. And so within the next week, that will be going live. Um, that being said, we are only doing these shirts for a limited time. Um, and uh, another one just sold less two down. So just keep that in mind. Reserve uh, yours now. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, we've got around 554 likes as of last night. So it's going up even more and more. Stop by, give us a like, help us out. Um, post your info. Make sure to register on the forums. We had to disable a few options. We were having uh, spam bots and whatever post. And luckily you Alex, them? Alex caught them because you were all screwed up. I don't know how you got that way. Well, we all got that way. Yeah, it's all right, though. We love you, man. And, uh, yeah, give us your feedback. Uh, we were posting almost like a week in advance as far as uh, uh, the mech vote. Actually, that was our, this was by far the most active vote we had, I think. Would you not say? Indeed, by far. Bob called all his friends to get into the. <laughs> Is that what it Would was? Would not be surprised, frankly. You disappoint me, Darren. Yeah. yeah. 
Is that how you got the Warhammer to win? No, I was uh, equally surprised. In fact, I was going to do the Scorpion, and I was kind of looking forward to doing it for Boo, but uh, it was too overwhelming of a vote for me to go otherwise. So I'm actually pretty excited. Um, once we um, get our T-shirts, I'll be we'll be posting pictures, and then obviously all we ask is when you guys get your T-shirts, you guys send us some high-quality uh, photos, preferably with the T-shirt on and all other clothing. So be sure to send those to Darren. He'll screen them for you or us. And put them out on Twitter too, man. Spread the word. <laughs> Hell yeah. So. Anyways, guys, we appreciate everyone's support, our community, all of our staff members. And Adam, I want to say thank you so much. He has been working around the clock, getting all of the donation pages up to date, working, all that. So not only when you click donate, it goes to PayPal and all that fun stuff. It also goes, sends all the information to our uh, email system for No Guts, No Galaxy. So appreciate the support. And I want to say... This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy Mechware podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Philip. This is Darren. This is Craig. And this is Alex. Until next time, Mech Warriors. <laughs>